Hello, and welcome to the Designing with Love podcast. I am your host, Jackie Pellegrin, where my goal is to bring you information, tips, and tricks as an instructional designer. Hello, GCU students and alumni. Welcome to episode 10 of the Designing with Love podcast. In this interview, I have the privilege of interviewing Chris Phelps, who recently graduated with his master's degree in instructional design from GCU. Thank you, Chris, for allowing me to interview today. Such a great honor. Well, thank you, Jackie. And it's going to take me a while to get used to calling you Jackie and not professor, but thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Yes, great. Thank you. So first question that I wanted to ask you is, when did you earn your master's degree in instructional design from GCU? So I wrapped up my program in mid-July. Uh, actually, I just received my diploma last week, so it's hanging on the wall. I'm super wow. excited to have it up there. It's official. It's done and over, yes. yes. I can't believe it. It's nice when you can have that tangible uh, piece in your hand of that, that actual degree, <laughs> all that hard work. I- Mm-hmm. I know, silly, but it is the uh, it's it is the thing you work for that that one little piece of wall ornamentation. <laughs> yep, makes a huge difference, definitely. So the next question is, what aspects of the program did you enjoy the most when you went to GCU and got this degree? So I get, wow, there were so many aspects of it, but I think I think for me, one of the things that was really really impactful was the fact that it was so real life in nature. Uh, overall, just the program as a whole. So, so many of the assignments and projects were structured in a way that you, that, you know, as a student, I was able to tailor them to the type of work that I wanted to be doing. I know like other, you know, other students, other, you know, people that I was going through the classes with were able to do more stuff that was focused on their classrooms and others were doing, you know, things for their specific jobs. I was able to do much more in the way of, you know, sales training, soft skills, things that I thought were going to be, you know, pertinent uh, and and look good on my portfolio, you know, as I moved out, knowing what I wanted to be doing. But overall, it just it it was just such a great you know experience being able to keep it so real and so relatable. Absolutely. So it provided you with that much needed training that you to where you wanted to move into the the role that you have now very seamlessly and Absolutely. and be able to have that. Yeah. So it's it's not just uh, writing a bunch of papers and taking quizzes and tests, but it's like you said that real life experience and having something tangible that you can relate back to the work you like doing. So that's, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. And there was also other aspects of it that were, you know, also really important to me for just being able to explore, uh, not just the curriculum that was there, but being able to explore things that interest me. And I think, for example, you did a really good job with a lot of the the questions that were asked, allowing us to explore like AI and how that was going to be impacting instructional design. Uh, there was, you know, questions throughout the program about how we would, how we would utilize, you know, our Christian worldviews and how we were going to be able to put that into our work, um, into a professional environment where, you know, religion isn't necessarily the type of thing that you're focusing on, but it's still an important part. So right. all of those things and how they combined just was so important to me um, and, and really just so powerful in the program. 
That's great. I'm glad you brought up the, 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 the Christian worldview and looking at it in a broad sense with the principles of compassion, right? And empathy and, and, um, and things like that, that can Absolutely. really be interwoven where it's not maybe obvious, but it, but people can see that you're, you're doing something that makes a difference to others in their work. That's exactly it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, sometimes you sit back and you ask, you know, like, well, why am I doing this? And, and it's, you know, it's because I love people and, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and, and I want them to be successful. I want them to do well. So, you know, when you come from that perspective and, and I've had a chance to explore that during my time at GCU. So it's so easy when I rolled into, into the professional environment to take that with me that again, I am here because I love people and I want them to succeed. Yeah. That's very important for sure to have that, uh, that focus and, and have that be the center of what you do day in and day out and knowing that, um, that you're, that we're looking beyond ourselves and we're looking to what, how we can help others. I think Absolutely. that's so important in this field too. Absolutely. So what kind of work do you currently do, Chris, right now? So currently I work for Humana. I am a learning design professional. So they're, they're, they're fancy term for an instructional designer. Uh, but specifically I work with what uh, work with the Medicaid team. So I, on my team, you know, we have a couple different, we actually split into two different teams on my team, but we have one team that's kind of the implementation team. They roll in, they just basically do what they have to do to get new areas set up. Whereas, and, and, Basically, they do anything, uh, but my role is much more on the uh, e-learning, so developing what they call CBTs or computer-based training, and uh, that's. But I'm doing it more for that long term, not just getting them set up. But you know, now that we're there, understanding what they truly need and being able to design for them to use for a long period of time, or until the state changes their minds and wants something different. But, right. So yeah. So you're moving beyond what would be considered new hire training, and you're doing that ongoing support and training for for the employees. So yes, actually, it's a little bit of both. So a okay. lot of what we focus Great. on is going to be the new hire, uh, but at the same time, this is that more long-term structure. Mm, when they okay. move into an area, they have to move quickly. Uh, they have to meet all the state's guidelines, and they but they have to move quickly. So they're basically pulling pieces and parts from other curriculum all around the country. Uh, but once they get them up moving and, and going forward, now everybody can take a, take a breath. And that's where my team comes in is that we, after they've taken their breath, we start setting up the permanent, the long-term that is, that's tailored just for them in their area. Oh, that's great. So work like with multiple that. different states, uh, yeah, it's it's been very interesting, very fun. I'm learning quite a bit and uh, just jumping in with both feet at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm sure with each state comes its, uh, its own uh, things that you learn, challenges and opportunities too, to be able to Absolutely. learn those things. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, it's kind of sounds a lot like the job I do every day where I, I support higher education and for counseling and social work, there's all the state specific requirements that they have for licensure. So it can get a little tricky, but at the same time, it's kind of exciting too to, to see 
what each state requires and what are their rules and regulations and things like that. So absolutely, yeah. And then just you know, with the 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 breadth of of the of the people that I work with, I mean, you know, again, I'm working with everything. The, the the those that are taking the trainings that we're developing are everywhere from doctors, surgeons, nurses, all the way down to just the, you know, the, the clinical administrative person, uh, you know, so it's just this wide range of people that you're, you're working with and for. It, it's amazing, you know, <laughs> to, to hear from them and to know what they're going through is just, it, it's crazy. Wow. I love so it. You love really everything to, about it. That's amazing. <laughs> and now with healthcare, with the healthcare field being, um, something that is in such high demand right now as a career and uh, not just with the education, but, but also getting into those different careers in those fields. I imagine that that's even more important now than it probably maybe was, you know, 20 years ago. So that's exciting. I I would agree. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. Wow. Well, it sounds exciting. It sounds like you're learning more every day. So that's, that's wonderful. (laughs) I think every day I realize how much I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And you're adding to your toolbox every single day. Absolutely. That's great. So the next question is, are there any specific areas in which you're expanding your knowledge and skills in the field right now? Um, Maybe even things that you've learned from your master's program that now you're kind of doing with this job or, or just in, in general? Absolutely. I mean, I think, well, it is funny. I think when I was, you know, as I was going through the program, uh, there were parts of it that I thought, oh, you'll never really use this. This isn't, you know, nobody will use this in the real world. And that's absolutely completely not the case. I, I can't think of anything that I did or learned while I was in the program that that I don't use. Um, but I mean, as far as what I'm expanding now, I mean, wow, what am I not? Um, really working hard at expanding my abilities when it comes to things like the authorizing tools, you know, moving out of just Captivate, moving into Articulate and um, storyboarding as a whole, because, you know, again, working with non-instructional designers, those SMEs that need to understand what it is I'm trying to convey to them, uh, the storyboard has just proved, you know, invaluable. I just turned in a huge one today for a massive massive uh, CBT that we're working on that uh, nobody really realized was as complex as it was. But, you know, now that we've got it all into a storyboard, everybody's going, wow. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, you know, again, and that's that ability to translate or to, you know, translate my thoughts. um, It wasn't something that I put as much into, you know, in, in, now that I'm I'm having it professionally, I, I can explore this much, much more and go deeper with it. So I'm very excited about wow. it. Wow. So you're seeing the true value of storyboarding now and getting things kind of in that early stage approval. Sure. Yeah. And having the having the SMEs and, and all the stakeholders look at it early on. That way you're not spending time on the front end. developing a full CBT training and then they go, oh, wait, you need to change this and that. And then you're going, oh my goodness, now I have to redo this and that. And and then you end up having to rework things. So that's great well, that, that you're was, seeing the value. <laughs> absolutely. One of the, one of the, uh, my other teammates, actually, she got hired just about a month before I did. So she came in, um, 
same thing. And she had already gone through an experience like that where she had created a large CBT. She was very proud of it. She put it forward. And the SME basically wanted to change everything under the sun. Oh no. Uh, so, you know, she, when I came on, she and I had talked about her frustrations. So we, you know, together we worked on improving the storyboard and kind of outlining what we were going to be talking about during uh, like our alignment meetings when we sat down with the SMEs to say, here's what we're going to do and here's how we're going to attack this so that we could better prep them for how important the storyboards were and what they could do to actually, you know, interpret it correctly and then give us better feedback. So we've worked together pretty closely on that one. And I'd say that our last or, you know, the last couple that have gone through have gone through very, you know, seamlessly. So that's you know, great. We've gotten the feedback we wanted. We've gotten their we've gotten their input and been able to move quickly to develop. Wow. So um, you've been able to get uh other teammates uh, to see the value of it too. So that's, that's great. Yeah. So, and I guess that's the part she, you know, again, in this situation, she understood Mm-hmm. But together, we were able to work collaboratively and, you know, develop something that we feel is going to help everyone, everyone, uh, everyone yeah. on the team. Yeah. And I think that's another big part of, of something that I'm working on developing is just that you know, interpersonal. Uh, because, again, you have a thought, you have an idea. But then when you actually start working with these subject matter experts, it's 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 different. Um, yes. I'd always had a relationship with the SMEs that I worked with, um, whereas now I don't. These are people that are just from another part of the company that I I have very little to do with on a day-to-day basis, so I don't know them by name. I only know them from a a brief Zoom meeting or uh, a few emails back and forth, so I trying to find a way to i you know identify with them and get to know them quickly being able to you know work with them professionally uh, it's it's definitely something that's it's a little more complicated than i would have given or would have thought so mm-hmm. you know just being able to develop those skills is something huge for me right now Right. Building that trust and rapport with, with everyone involved in the project. Yeah, that's true. You know, and going back to the storyboarding and, and fleshing out those early on, that helps to get early buy-in too from the stakeholders and the yes. SMEs. So that's important too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It helps them feel a part of the process too. I think when they feel like they have some input into it and they don't feel like you're presenting them with the final product and that's it. So I think it helps to get that early buy-in and and approval too, so that, you know, okay, I can move forward. And I know I'm not going to probably have a bunch of changes going into it. So exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That helps. That's great. Is there, are there any other areas you think that you're kind of taking and refining a little bit more that you're, you're trying to focus in on and, and develop your skills in? So I don't know if it's so much developing the skills, but certainly there is a, you know, I, I would say, Focusing on some of the tools and, and equipment that are out there, and being yeah. able to bring those into into the work environment. So, our team is actually relatively new. Uh, although we have some very experienced people on the team, they it's it's a new team. So we're kind of you know coming together, we're gelling. So things even just like you know being able to introduce AI voices, uh, you know those type of things, or how can we use uh, 
AI to give responses, quick responses to you know our learners, to our to our participants, uh, to give them better feedback beyond just you know uh, yes no and multiple choice questions, those type of things. So I find myself doing a lot of research in those areas because obviously I have to bring that to somebody who isn't as enthusiastic about it as I am. You know, I'm all excited because it's that new toy. It's that new thing that I can play with. They are looking at it strictly from a business standpoint. What's the benefit? How right. can I, how is this going to benefit me? So being able to take what I am passionate about, be able to present that in a way that is important to them. So, you know, again, just those little things where we're all trying to create, help each other create something better than what it was yesterday. That's true. Yeah, definitely. AI technology is coming a long way. And that's something that in the department I work in, we're, we're finding ways to utilize it to uh, help with the what we call first draft principle. So it's it's not used as a, a means to an end, but it's used for idea creation, ideation, and to help kind of get the spark those ideas and help this. Then we bring it to the SMEs and say, here's some ideas for some discussion questions or for objectives and things like that. And then, and then we can tweak it, refine it. So uh, it's really great when you can take those types of AI tools and be able to utilize it and work around it and be able to you know, save some time and money too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they giving like the money. Yeah, exactly. So good having to be able to, like you said, make your case and, um, and let them know it's a good return on investment in the end for them, I think is important. And knowing that ultimately it still needs that human touch at the end. It's not going to be just the AI, AI tool doing all the work. So we have to do our part too. And I think that's a big part of it is that, you know, nobody's looking to, to, to I, I'm not looking for something that can take my job. Right. Uh, but at the same time, there's so many exciting things. Like, so just that idea that um, some of our, our, our learners could type something into a to a chat box essentially within the within the CBT and get a response back based off of what we've told the AI we want to hear mm-hmm. you know those type yeah. of things looking for keywords or you know emotional uh, tone of voice those type of things to give them the responses that they're looking for that we couldn't really do before without being in the post post course type situation where they've submitted it, somebody reviews it, and then goes back to them and says, okay, here's what we think. This is real time. And that's what's so exciting about it is that there's so many different things opening up and it's just, it's huge. Wow. Yeah, that's great. And then you can do even, you can probably even with those chat box, chat bots, I should say, even probably add content as you're going behind the scenes without having to change the CBT training. Yes. So that can probably be a great benefit too, without having to redo the training as often. And then you can still enhance the, the training as you go. So that's exciting too. Yeah. So, so many fun things that are out there. But again, it's always just that kind of that stepping stone of, you know, you're not done just because you're out of school. It's like, where's the next step? What am I right. going to learn next? You know, or how am I going to make what I've learned better? And how am I going to take it and, and put it, you know, in a way that 
that those I work with understand and, and, you know, how's it going to benefit them? So right. I'm so excited. That's true. So, That's great. <laughs> so, so even 10 years down the road, you can look back on your, your education and you can see that it's been able to help you. I know for me, Absolutely. it's been 10 years coming. It'll be 10 years coming up uh, since I earned my master's and I can see the fruits of the labor, as they say. Even now, ten years well, later, so that's great. Certainly, there was nothing in the nothing at all in the master's program that I look back now and go, "Well, that was just you know wasted time." Right? Uh, there's not one subject that I can think was a waste. You know, it's amazing how much of it that I use on a daily basis, or that's at least amazing. a weekly basis. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're using it regularly, so that's good. No, nothing's going to waste, as they say. Yes, so that's good. Yeah, exactly. Great. So the final question I wanted to ask is, um, what are some tips and advice that you can share with those students who are currently in the master's program in instructional design at GCU like you were? So if I had to give some tips, one, I would say tailor the assignments for what's right for you. I knew going into this program and, you know, right from the get-go, the, the vast majority of the people that were in the program were teachers. They were in that, you know, K through 12, uh, you know, educational system. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to be, and I don't want to be. So I was in initially tailoring everything towards what the type of work that I was hoping to get. Um, I wanted to work in you know, large companies. I, and, and that's what I went for. But the whole idea behind it was putting, building stuff that was going to be in my portfolio from the get-go. Uh, and I can't, I can't even stress how important the portfolio is. Um, so I would, you know, another tip would just be don't neglect the portfolio. Don't wait until the end. Don't try to rush it. Um, I interviewed you know, well before the start of my final class when you're, you know, putting that final portfolio together. But I had in my portfolio enough that it was impressive for Humana. They liked what they saw. They saw that I, I had the skills that they were looking for. And then, you know, other things as well. But that portfolio was one of the big reasons that I got the position that I did and so quickly. So, you know, again, I would truly just say put some put effort into it. Don't wait until the last minute. That's important. Um, yeah. But I, and I would also say just focus on everything. Don't don't let any of the subjects, don't let anything that's being taught, don't 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 think of it as unimportant or it won't be used. Um, I can't stress it enough, whether it's learning theory or storyboards or data analysis or creating objectives or, you know, just authorizing tools, it doesn't matter. It was it was all important. Everything I do is, you know, everything that was taught is something that I use on a daily or weekly basis, um, or even just having it on, in my back pocket. You know, having that knowledge in my back pocket is so huge so that when I talk to somebody, I do get to be the expert. I may not be the expert yet within my organization because there's so much of it to learn. But when it comes to being an instructional designer, I'm confident. I'm confident that I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. So just focus on everything. Don't let anything go. And then last but not least, I would just say embrace the chaos. <laughs> I know That's good. <laughs> Anthony Clark had talked about that in one of your previous podcasts. You know, yes. he said it. And then when he when I heard that, I went, Oh, he is so right. Yes. 
Very true. Yeah. You know, you think in these classes, I, I do, I remember just thinking to myself, you know, like, oh my gosh, this one week to turn out an entire project is just not realistic. And it's, you know, it's going to be so much different when I get there or when I get into the workforce and start wrong. It, it, it <laughs> we work at a super fast pace. Yes. You know, everything is super fast. Uh, I will say that my my the model that my my organization generally works off is an agile model. Um, I have a project manager. She does a lot of the data part of it. She puts it together. She gives it to us. We turn. We pump it out. We get our feedback. We modify. We move. It is a fast, fast environment. So embrace it and you know just embrace the fact that everything is going on i think even before we started the podcast i had you know you asked me how things were going and i think it's busier now than it was before just because it can be and that the more i can take in the chaos the more fun it gets i guess yeah that's true so even though you're not in school anymore you you still feel like your your plate is full but not Absolutely. not in a sense where you're there's stress or anything like that. It's a, it's a good kind of full, right? It Where is you a feel good fulfilled. Full. Mm-hmm. I, and that's just it. When I, when I close down my computer at the end of the night and I walk away, I, I worked, I embraced that chaos and it was fun, but I get to walk away now and, and I get to go have some time with my family and enjoy it. So, you know, there's some definite upsides, but I think it starts with that understanding and just that, you know, unbelief that, but this is all important. And it's, you know, that same pace that you're working at in school is the same pace that you're going to bring with you when you get to the, when you get into the, you know, the job, it still has to get done and you want to move quickly. That's true. Yeah. And, and also being able to take the feedback from the instructors and being able to look at that as, Kind of that practice run, right? Of getting feedback from others in the workplace. That's, Absolutely, that's so important, right? For me, it's whether it's the SME giving me feedback, whether it's my project manager, my you know my boss, my direct report, whether it is just the we have in, we have uh, facilitators who um, also give us feedback on what we're you know what we've got, what we're doing. So it's coming from a, a hundred different directions. Well, okay, not really a hundred, but it's coming from many different directions, and you've got to take it all in. Some people know how to give it very well. Some people don't. And it comes across a little crass, but you mm. know what? You take that feedback and you, you, you embrace it and you make yourself better with it. So that's all I can say is that I, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy the chaos. I enjoy the fast pace and I enjoy the fact that I'm doing what I love. That's great, Chris. Wow. Well, thank you. I think all of this will really help all of this, the students and those in the program. And there's even people outside of GCU that started listening to this podcast. So I think even those that are in the industry or want to go into the industry, I think this is really proving to be a great podcast for, for others too, that are not even GCU students. So uh, you're going to be helping so many <laughs> with this, uh, with this interview. So. Well, thank you. Thank I you know so I much. enjoy listening, so yes. I appreciate you putting it on. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thank you again. And I look forward to to keeping in touch and hearing how you're doing and, and uh, you never know, maybe uh, sometime down the road, we can interview again and see how you're doing years down the road. So that would be fun. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. 
Thank you for taking some time to listen to this podcast episode today. Please take a moment to like the episode and share it with others so they can learn about this topic as well. Have a great day.